Hello and welcome back to the Soccer Brothers Podcast. This is episode number 47. I'm your host, Soccer Tan. As always, I'm joined by my brother, Nihal. Are you excited for the Copa America, Nihal? I am super hyped, man. I'm so excited for this summer of soccer, especially the Copa America. Our first major men's tournament on home soil since the 1994 World Cup. How awesome is that? The first one in our lifetime. The Gold Cup is the major tournament? Okay. How dare you? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, But before we get in-depth about the Copa America, we first need to talk about the amazing soccer-themed clothing brand named Ambitious Strike. If you want to check out their merchandise, go to ambitiousstrike.com. Enter the code BROTHERS at checkout for a 15% discount. It's a great deal. Helps you. It helps them. It helps us. helps everyone. And... Um, without further ado, why don't we get into the Copa America, more specifically the U.S. and the Copa America. Now, the U.S. is going to kick off the Copa, their Copa America campaign on June 3rd against Colombia at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time uh, in... The Bay Area. The Bay Area, where the 49ers play, in fact. Yeah, Levi Stadium. Uh, it's a big week for the Bay Area, man. San Jose is are in the NHL Finals. Uh... Golden State, Golden State are in the NBA Finals, and they're hosting the U.S. national team. It's going to be an exciting match. I'm really, really excited for it. Uh, Hopefully the U.S. can hold their own. It's probably the toughest game since uh, the U.S. played Belgium at the World Cup, at least on paper going into the tournament. We obviously lost to Jamaica, so I I can't really say anything uh, on that front. We got blown up by Brazil. In a, okay, but like in a, in a competitive, competitive, yeah, competitive, competitive. Yeah, competitive. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I could agree with that. Um, yeah, I mean, how much pressure do you think there is going to this game? Because, I mean, obviously, I think you can kind of see the pressure in the U.S. men's national team when we went up against Mexico in our pretty much, well, not our last competitive game, but one of our last really big games, um, not including World Cup qualifiers. So, how much pressure do you think is going to be on the players in this one? On the players, um, I, you know, I don't think there's a whole lot of pressure, to be honest. From who? The fans? No, just do, they, do you think they'll feel pressure? Because, I mean, this is the only time they may ever play this this tournament. They may, they may be the only 23 group of guys that do what is about to happen. That's true. You know, it, when you say it like that, you know, there is some pressure. There's definitely pressure to get a result. Because in order for the U.S. to advance, they probably need to get a draw in this match. They could get two wins against Costa Rica and Paraguay, but that's going to be a very, very tough task. I think getting a draw uh, puts them in a really, really, really good position. We do have the home field advantage that should lift us. It looks like we finally have a system that this team is all going to buy into. Uh, we have Nagby and Pulisic coming off the bench, hopefully. That's a recipe for success. And well, hopefully they, one of them starts, at least. I don't think that's going to happen. That's, I'm, I'm okay with neither of them starting, to be honest. But with those players, with the starting 11 on the field that um, we expect to see, and with some of the players coming off the bench, I think this is one of the strongest U.S. teams we've fielded in a very long time. Maybe ever. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I could definitely see that. At least in terms talent of talent. Wise, yeah, yeah. talent-wise, yeah. Uh, right. Well, let's start with the back line. I think the back line that we both want to see, starting from left to right, would go Bobby and Johnson, John Anthony Brooks, Jeff Cameron, DeAndre Yedlin. Yeah, I mean, I, and I think that's what we're going to see. I don't see anything different. And in goalkeeper, Brad Guzan, that's oh, yeah. our, we already know that's going to happen. You know, uh, two cent- as I said in the past podcast, two center backs who can play with the ball on their feet. Two attacking fullbacks who can both defend. DeAndre Edlin probably better than Fabian Johnson. Who would have thought I would ever say that? Um, at least this at least this soon. Uh, so, you know, I think by far our best back line we've ever fielded, if those are our four. 
Yeah, definitely. Four players starting in two of the best three leagues in the world, potentially. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, incredible. It's, it's incredible to have that. In the last friendly, we saw, like you said, Brooks and Cameron have somewhat of a creative ability, especially for center backs. And do you think that they were pretty aggressive in some of the past friendlies? Do you think that we're going to see that against Colombia? Are they going to be a little bit more passive because of the sheer talent on the offensive side? I think the game is going to. T- I think we'll have spells of possession. You know. Okay. So you know, I was watching the Portugal game recently, a replay of the USA Portugal game. That's a game. We played extremely well in. We dominated. The World Cup? The World Cup match, yeah. Uh, So I think that could happen. But I see, you know, I really do see us maybe sitting back a little more and letting Columbia come at us. And I think that'll prevent Fabian Johnson and DeAndre Edlin from going forward as much as they like to. It might open up in certain areas. We might have spells of possession, which we've we've had before. But I think Columbia are going to have the possession. I think DeAndre Edlin and Fabian Johnson are going to be told to stay back absorb the pressure, you know, they have they have Carlos Baca at striker, they have Juan Cuadrado at right wing, they have uh, James Rodriguez either on the left or at central attacking midfield, uh, they have a good central midfield, they have a good defense, so, you know, it's a, it's a great team, <clears throat> as we saw in the World Cup, it's going to be hard, it's going to be hard to take the match to them, if we do, I will be very pleasantly surprised, I will be ecstatic if we show like we did against Portugal in the World Cup, because... That, those are the kind of strides we need to see. Even if we lose 2-1 to one or 3-2 to two or something and we see that, I'll be excited for the future. I'll be mad in the moment, but looking back on it, I promise you, I will, I will appreciate that type of play. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that almost always starts with the midfield because it is almost where Michael Bradley plays that dictates the, 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 the way we play. And, you know, so what we've been big proponents of as of late has Michael Bra- has Michael Bradley been playing the defensive midfield role in a 4-3-3 in a three-man midfield and Jermaine Jones or Nagby but we think we're going to see Jermaine Jones and Bedoya up ahead of him and you think that's who we're going to see right? Yeah I think that's who we're going to see and if you substitute Nagby for Jones or Bedoya I'd be fine um, as a starter or if we see him off the bench I think he provides something excellent that you know we I don't think we've ever seen before in a substitute a, a super dynamic substitute I, I don't. I think Darlington Nagby could start in the next match against Costa Rica, um, or potentially against Paraguay. Probably not going to happen in this match, just because he hasn't even started any of the either of the friendlies um, that, that he was called up for. So, as you said, I think Bradley, the defensive midfield, as we talked about before, allows him to play those wonderful chip through balls, those wonderful lob passes, allows him to take those long shots, create from deep, get back on defense, sort of be the general, il generalissimo, as they called him at Kiev uh, Verona. Um, so he, he's allowed to be that. Jermaine Jones can be that sort of box-to-box midfield. He can act as a destroyer, but also use his creative uh, element going forward, break up the play at the back, push forward, play those one-twos like we saw with Nagby, maybe take a long shot here, uh, send in a nice driven through ball like we've seen before, and then Bedoya to just be another workhorse uh, who can pick out a pass like we saw with Giassi Zardes. I think yeah. it's a really, really good midfield and trio. You, yeah, you, you mentioned Giassi Zardes, and I think um, Giassi Zardes does have a, tendrance, a, a tendency to pinch in, like we said. We, we, we see him playing through the middle a lot, and that makes sense because we also see... Alejandro Bedoya, center midfielder, peel out a lot. So they'll kind of interchange plays, uh, places sometimes. And we've already seen a Bedoya cross to Zardes for a goal, haven't we? So yeah. um, I expect to see some of that. 
Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it was a great through ball from Doya against uh, Bolivia. But uh, with Carlos uh, Zapata back there uh, and some other really, really good defenders, uh, Jason Murillo, Santiago Arias, it's going to be hard to, to crack that defense, much harder than it was against Bolivia. So, you know, those guys, Bedoya, Jones, uh, Dempsey, they need to be more creative than, than they even were in the friendlies, I think. Uh, but I think playing, you know, we're probably going to talk about the forwards in a second now. Um, and I think we both agree that it's going to be Wood, Dempsey, and Zardes. Yeah. Um, Dempsey coming back into midfield, finding those passes, maybe coming back, beating a man on the ball, using his wonderful dribbling ability like we saw against Turkey in leading up to the last World Cup, like we saw against Ghana in that first goal, like we've seen throughout his career, being able to use his ability while also distributing, while also maybe putting himself in scoring positions, is the ideal position for him going into this tournament. Uh, It also allows us to maybe have a little bit more defensive cover with him dropping deep, and I think... I think Jurgen Klinsmann has maybe found the recipe for success in this tournament. And I think that's why I'm confident that we can get a draw. I mean, this is the most optimistic I've ever been about this team, I think. Before the Puerto Rico, or maybe, uh, before the Ecuador friendly, um, you were saying something about, or basically before we got the roster, the the 23-man roster, you were saying, well, we know that Fabian Johnson is going to play left back. And that disappointed you a little bit, I, I think I remember. Have you changed your mind about that? No, because I think Fabian Johnson playing up the field, like we saw against the Netherlands, like we saw against St. Vincent and the Grenadines, is a completely different player than he is coming from deep. And I think his, he, he's an excellent crosser of the ball. He's excellent on the dribble. He can get in behind. You know, those are things you want in an outside midfielder. And also, he can provide a defensive cover from midfield that not a lot of other midfielders can provide. Um... Of course, we're playing his 4-3-3 with the winger. I still think he can play that position well. Uh, and, you know, I'm disappointed to not see him at left wing. And as much as I love but as much as much I love Edgar Castillo, I would much rather see him at left back than maybe Bobby Wood on the left wing than I would see Edgar Castillo and Fabian Johnson pushed up. Really? Okay. Yeah. And I think, you know, we have there's a potential for us to see Edgar Castillo. Because the thing is, Edgar Castillo is an attacking fullback too, so it's not like we're gaining any defensive cover there. Yeah. I think if we want to have our best 11 on the field... Bobby Johnson is playing fullback. And I, and I think part of the reason that that makes sense is because it allows Zardes and Wood to go ahead of Dempsey because they both have played striker before. Mm-hmm. Zardes and Wood are wingers that were playing. They are, stri- they are strikers. They are strikers. Yeah. And and um, Dempsey playing a false a false nine wouldn't really allow Fabian Johnson to play that same role. I mean, we you've seen him get forward through the center and score before, but still he he does like to have a number 9 in the middle and I don't think he would have that with this. So I think that makes sense what you're saying. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and what what do you expect of, of, of Dempsey in this tournament, though, overall? I think we are going to see more assists than he's ever had in the tournament in any tournament he's played in. Uh, you know, he has played on the, on outside midfield at outside midfield before, but he's always sort of cut in and been that you know kind of Ronaldo esque uh, winger. Maybe not. <laughs> I mean, not like Ronaldo exactly. But you know what I mean, like cutting inside, getting the shot, set it, you know, getting the shot really. You know, we saw that in the 2010 World Cup. Uh, this time, he's going to be much more of a distributor. Whoever it is on the wings, whether it's Zuzi, uh, Wood, Zardes, Pulisic, he's going to be the guy distributing. And if, you know, someone like Wanda comes on late in the match, he's, I, I feel like he's also going to be the one who's trying to find that final pass. That's not to say he won't score goals, 
But I think this could be a very good tournament for Clint Dempsey in terms of him being a creator um, and being that false nine. It's, it's something we haven't really seen before. Yeah, definitely. I, I think it's I, I think it's a good look right now, um, and I think he's deploying the right wingers to, to pair up with him. And yeah, and and I, I think that also helps um, Bradley play some of those long balls that he really loves to play to the outside because of these very pacey wingers that we have right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah. And Dempsey has a connection with Michael Bradley. We know that. They've played so much together, and we've seen that connection before. They're able to play off of each other. Dempsey knows where Bradley's going to be and vice versa. So if they're sort of playing close together with Dempsey with coming back into midfield, Bradley being so that sort of general, I think that lends itself to a very, very successful U.S. attack going forward, even though we don't have a traditional striker or even traditional wingers. Yeah. I mean, I think I said this to you yesterday or... The day before. I don't think we're going to have a standout score in this tournament. I think it's going to come from a little bit of everywhere. Yeah, um, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And if, if, if we went off, you know, a, a set-piece goal or something, I mean, you know, you don't you don't have to complain about that. Mm-hmm. It, it is what it is. I mean, that's... We have... I mean, John Brooks is good on set-pieces, and we were... Yeah. You know, if... if let's say Bedoya is taking a set-piece, and Michael Bradley's in the box. That's not going to happen. Michael Bradley's probably going to be, in the set, be taking the set piece. But we have John Brooks, who's proven he can score on, on set pieces. We have Jeff Cameron, who's proven he can score on set pieces against Mexico, against Belgium. We have Clint Dempsey, who's done it his entire career. Um, if Kristen Pulisic's playing, you know, he's not... People don't see him as a guy who can head it, but, you know, we've seen it with the U19s. He's been heading it all year. Um, Zardes is a tall guy. He can head it. Wood can head it. A lot of his goals have come from headers. Even Jermaine Jones can do that. He's done it for Colorado. We have guys who can win the ball in the air in the box. Set pieces are not a bad thing. The thing is, I want to see us look good, and if we score from set pieces, that's a bonus. We shouldn't be relying on those set pieces. I think that's the problem a lot of U.S. fans have had in the past. And I think that's the fine line there. You can score on set pieces... And still look good in possession. That's not necessarily what happened against Ghana, you know, with with John Brooks' second goal. Yeah, I mean, I think, but if I think we, if we look as progressive as we, as we have, and we're finally getting some of that pre press conference 2014 World Cup talk that Klinsman was talking about about that proactive mm-hmm. type of soccer, then you know, it, it'll be fine. But like you said, it's not like we haven't seen it before. We saw it against Portugal. And although we weren't necessarily proactive against Belgium, we won the possession battle. And I, you know, that's something you know I always like to harp on. We won the possession battle. And I don't know how many podcasts like, I don't know how many podcasts I've said this on. I'm a huge critic of Klinsman, but I feel like he has he has found the recipe for success. Yeah. I, I I'm really optimistic. Whether or not he chooses to use the recipe. Fair enough. <laughs> but I mean possession Possession's fine, and I, I think that that's a stat that's, you know, I mean, like, I think, like, the U.S. won position against Bel- Belgium, right? Mm-hmm. So the difference between, you know, like, meaningful possession and meaningless possession, and, uh, but I don't think that's the type of possession that we're, we're going to see if we play like we did in these friendlies, but... I, so you think we'll find meaningful possession? I don't know about Colombia exactly. I, I'm... I, you know, I mean, Klinsman has a, a, a lot of balls if he's going to play 
like we did against Bolivia, against Colombia. But if we go out there and concede a few goals and, and look decent and trying and put a decent effort going forward, we really need Bradley to play the, that holding midfield if, if we want that to happen. But um, do, do we have the talent to do that? Is our midfield good enough to match up against that midfield and win the position? That, that's where I'm not sure I'm, I'm so comfortable with Darlington Nagby not starting. Because okay. he is, he doesn't need three touches to get the ball out of his feet, like like I've said before. Yeah, and I, I think I think Jermaine Jones is just a little bit less proactive. I I know he he's been, uh, I know he's been playing attacking mid for the Rapids, but I, I still don't think he's got that same same you know pre, uh, offensive presence that Darlington Nagby does. Right. I think it's important to note that Jermaine Jones is one of the most talented players we've ever had on the U.S. national team, going forward and defensively. This is a man who was a stalwart for Schalke. I love Darlington Nanby, but Jermaine Jones, everywhere he's gone in MLS, the team has had success. We saw him come to New England, and the team completely turned around. They became title contenders. We saw him go to Colorado... And yeah, they're doing well before he came to the lineup, but they're first in the East or the West, excuse me, and they're scoring goals. Yeah, he played. He played consistently for Schalke. He had a great spell at Blackburn in the Premier League, a loan spell. This man can play soccer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, but and Darlington Nagby, I agree, should be a starter. In his but place. but having you know. It's not like Jermaine Jones is a dud. You know what I mean? He's yeah, still a no. great player. And I think I think having both of those options is excellent. And like I said, they're going to be switching out. I agree with you. Maybe Nagby's play is good to keep possession against Colombia. I, I would agree with that. So maybe we play Jones and Nagby and not Bedoya. Play, maybe play Bedoya on the wing instead of Zardes. I don't think that's going to happen. No. But I, 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 don't, I don't think I agree with that either. Okay. Okay. So, so what I was saying before was Bedoya is allowed to drift wide because Zardes pinches in. All yeah. three of our strikers are forwards, pretty much. Yeah. And Dempsey is basically the deepest line all, forward. All, all three forwards are strikers. Yeah, sorry. And if you do... The problem right now is that we have no width on the left side. Because Bobby Wood, or we actually did in the Bolivia match, he did a good job of creating space. But naturally, he's gonna want to he's gonna want to stay central. But right? isn't isn't that why Fabian Johnson is there? Y- yes, but we, I th- I think that that is cause for concern. If our we, we said before, and even against Bolivia, we had a few scares when our fullbacks were so far upfield. We our, our fullbacks with this play style, they shouldn't have to do as much. Okay, but here's the thing. Bobby Johnson can go forward if DeAndre Edlin is knowing, and DeAndre Edlin and Michael Bradley know he's going forward. You know what I mean? There's a way to do this that works. Bobby Johnson goes forward, DeAndre Edlin stays back, maybe Michael Bradley comes in between the center backs. Yeah. Not only that, we have two fast center backs. We have another incredibly fast fullback, a, a dynamic defensive midfielder, Jermaine Jones, who is a two-way midfielder. We have defensive cover, I feel like. You know, this, I, I know it sounds kind of crazy, but this is a more defensive defense than we saw in the World Cup. We had DeMarcus Beasley and Fabian Johnson as our fullbacks. And we gave up what? One goal against Ghana, two goals against Portugal. One goal against so Germany. One goal against Germany for six goals. In yeah, four I mean, matches, which is a lot. Yeah. 
But that's what's a more offensive defense. I feel like we can. I feel like we can reel it in in this tournament. And I feel like Fabian Johnson. I know. I know it's scary on left back. I'm not. I'm kind of nervous. But if Klinsman plays his cards right, if he instructs this team correctly, it can work, and it will work. Yeah. But you know, bottom line, I do agree with you. I think Nagby. Yeah. I think. Nagby, I think Nagby on the field allows Bobby Wood to play a role that he's more comfortable with. In my opinion. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. But, you know, I, I'm committed to the 4-3-3. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying start Nagby over, over, over Jones. And th- that's fine. We'll, we'll see how it happens. And I think that Nagby will uh, bring in all... Like, I don't think he's ever started in the midfield. He started at winger but, in that okay, one but game. Like, right? I know this is sort of very situational and very specific. But if we hold our own with Jermaine Jones in the midfield... If, you know, he does what he does, we we have a good amount of possession, we have chances, they have chances, you know, we're up one, they're only up one, it's a draw. And then we have Darlington Nagby coming off the bench, either to hold on to the victory or to create a spark in that offense. You know, that's that's something to be, that's something to be scared of if you're Columbia. And I will say this, we have seen many players before who have been impact players off the bench who have not been good from the start. That's happened. Mixed Discrew is a good example of that. We haven't seen Nagby start a match for this national team, ever. So, yeah, but, so... Oh, no, maybe we haven't. No, we haven't. Um, even on the right wing? No, it hasn't not happened. One, in his debut? Okay, no, no, I didn't. it hasn't happened. So, that's something to think about. Although I do think he'd be a capable starter and he'd help this national team, that is something to think about. Jermaine Jones has World Cup and Bundesliga experience. You know? Yeah. He has big match experience. So, Nagby, although he's a calm player, he's an exciting player, and I think he's probably one of our best midfielders. But the most important Having someone who's comfortable playing against an opponent like Colombia is very vital. Having someone who won't be nervy, who won't be rash, hopefully, against a a player like James Rodriguez is incredibly vital. This is a guy who played against Iron Robin twice a year. Thomas Muller twice a year, you know, Mar- Miroslav Klose at his peak twice a year. This is a guy who knows, Jermaine Jones I'm talking about, Yeah, a guy who knows what he's doing against top players. And Colombia is a team that can... Don't, don't you think... So, Colombia is a team that, that can be agitated. And Jermaine Jones is the best agitator on the national team, maybe besides Clint Dempsey. That's also vital, you know. That's also something you can you can capitalize on. Rash tackles, rash challenges. Yeah. No, I I, I mean, I mean the reason the reason I'm uh, I'm such a big proponent of Nagby is not necessarily because he's a better player, but just because I think he fits better into this current system. I agree. With and you. and also we have a lot of experience without Jermaine Jones. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, I mean, like our keeper has played against you know Aguero and Hazard and whoever else. Same with Jeff Cameron. And um, who else is army field? Bedoya's played against like Ibrahimovic. But, or, did, they, did any of those play Champions, Champions League? League consistently? Fabian Johnson. No, not consistently. Not consistently. I mean, that's yeah. what I'm talking. Jermaine Jones is not. You can't. It, it's all about intangibles, too. You know, it's something that you can't understate. 
And I agree, Nagy fits the system, and I would love to see Nagy start. I just think people are underselling Jermaine Jones going into this tournament. And he's not the same player he used to be, but he still he still has the mental wherewithal. He still has the awareness that he had. He has the vision. And if anything, he's more disciplined. And I think that's really good going forward. Yeah, I can agree with that. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens in this match. Hopefully Nagy will come off the bench, and but then we can evaluate uh, that. Right. Ahead of the second. And Nagy's a calm player. He knows what he's doing, too. Mm-hmm. No, 129 experience, uh, appearances for, for Schalke. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> you know, yeah. So, I'm, ex- I'm excited for this tournament, in short. You know, I think our midfield... We've never had this kind of discussion where there are two able midfielders. midfielders. We ha- we've had a discussion where this one who clearly shouldn't be in there <laughs> and the other one should... But these are two guys who I think are pretty even. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, uh, and and I think uh, sorry before we move on, and I think like we've had ton, plenty of discussions about uh, Jossie Zardes in the past. But well, first of all, I think he quieted us down a little bit <laughs> after what he did against Bolivia, and also I think that this midfield allows Zardes to be way more comfortable and. And I, I think that's why we're not complaining that much. It plays to his strengths. Yeah. And, you know, I just preached about experience and all that stuff, but I think Pulisic is a better player right now. The thing is, Darlington Nagby and, and Jermaine Jones are closer in talent level than Giassi's artists and Christian Pulisic are. So... We have... I think we've only seen Pulisic... Uh, yeah, I think we've only seen Pulisic in a game when Nagby's been in the game. Uh, maybe? I don't know if that happened against Guatemala. Okay, game. yeah, I don't think that, yeah. Um, but, yeah, well, in, the fr- in the friendlies, yes. in the friendlies, that's yeah. happened. Um, and having both of those guys come on is, at the same time is really scary. Yeah. And I don't want to undersell Graham Zuzi. I was watching the World Cup games. I, I mean, you didn't know this, but I've been watching them the last couple of days. <laughs> okay, yeah. Graham Zuzi was excellent. He really was. Yeah. He's also an able player. In the center, in the center, or out wide. So I think this is—I really do think this is one of the deepest teams, if not the deepest team we've ever had, going into a major tournament. Last summer, forget about it. Ventura Alvarado should not have been a starter. Timmy Chandler shouldn't have started some of those matches. Michael Bradley is not a center attacking midfielder. This is a deep team. This is a team that knows how to play together. They know their role. They have a plan. That's what excites me. That's, that's what excites me more than anything. And the only reason Bradley was ever moved into that role for the U.S. national team was because of an injury in the 2014 World Cup, right? That, that, that's the first time we saw that, after Dempsey mm-hmm. got hurt. So he was forced to push up. and But he was replacing Josie Altidore in style of play. Or sorry, he was, did I say Dempsey was injured? I meant Altidore was injured, sorry. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Dempsey was trying to replace Altidore in the style of play. Yeah. He was trying to be the lone forward, the center forward. The, the true out-and-out striker. This is different. This is Clint Dempsey, yes, playing up top alone, but dropping back into midfield and having a plan for him dropping back into midfield, not having that crowded midfield like we saw yeah. in the World Cup, and having players run off of him. When you had Alejandro Bedoya and Graham Zuzi on the wing at the World Cup, those are two players who are not going to make the runs that Bobby Wood and Giassi's artists are going to make. They're not strikers. Yeah. They're going to stay out wide. They're going to pass it laterally. They're going to look for a cross. And if Dempsey's not there, there's no one to cross to. Now, 
You have Dempsey coming back. You have Wooden Zardis getting in behind. You have Fabian Johnson making the outside run. DeAndre Yedlin, maybe. Jermaine Jones going forward through the middle. This allows us to play through the middle more. And that's, like I said, that's what excites me. And I think this lends itself to Clint Dempsey's strengths. Yeah, definitely. All right, why don't we uh, move into more of the Copa America uh, generally? We're going to do our... Well, 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 what do you think is going to happen in this match? Um, oh, yeah, I thought about this, actually. <laughs> so I think it's going to be 2-1 Colombia. And I think Colombia is going to score an early goal just from a great attacking play. No one's really fault. And then uh, they're going to score a goal after a set piece that we have, like a corner, and then on the counterattack they score. And then late game, um, I think you know our subs are going to come on and we're going to get one back. But it's not going to be enough. Okay, I'm going to go with 1-1. Okay. Yeah. Any insight on the goals? Um, no, you know, I just think when it's a tournament like this, we come to play. And I believe in our national team. I know that's, that's like the least tactical, the least rational thing that I could say, but I truly believe that. But we don't, we don't want to, you know, don't say that. And, but, 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 but that's coupled with us actually having a play. Yeah, okay, I was going to say, don't, don't throw away the 29 minutes that we've been talking about the improvements of this, because, exactly because we've been, we've said this every tournament and it's been set pieces and scrappiness that has bailed the U.S. men's national team out. But we're going to be a competitive nation, you know? Right. You know, Colombia has those players. I don't think they're a team. I don't think they're a very cohesive unit. And it, really, I could see them not even making it out of this group. Yeah, I think that's Costa a in the U.S.? Yeah, I think that's a possibility. Yeah, well, why don't we talk about Group A in, okay. in general right now? And uh, who do you have making it out of Group A? I do have Colombia winning the group. <laughs> uh, and I have the USA coming in second. I think any of these four teams can make it out of the group, to be honest. You know, you, you look at a Paraguay roster, they have experience, but they also have some really, really exciting youth. You know, you look at their forwards by themselves. They have Jorge Benitez from Cruz Azul, who's an exciting striker. Nelson Valdez, of course, from from uh, Seattle Sounders. Then you have Antonio Sanabria. You know all about this guy, a guy who plays for Roma on loan at Sporting Gijón this year, was absolutely on fire and a guy who can be one of the top strikers in the world, in my opinion. Yeah, he's great. And, you know, he's a, he's a guy to be afraid of. And then you have another Roma player uh, who was, who was uh, Argentine, who played for the Argentinian national team, but who switched to Paraguay, I believe, Juan Iturbe. You know who's who's going to be a, who's going to be a, an asset in the, in the oh I didn't he's line. on the roster I believe so yeah yeah he's oh, he's oh, reported well, to be coming back to Roma for this season and that's eleven goals for Juan Turbe for Sporting Gijón this year in thirty appearances in you mean, uh, you mean for Antonio Sanabria sorry yeah for Antonio Sanabria uh, for Sporting Gijón in the in La Liga and that's a team that really didn't have a whole lot of uh, attacking talent yeah and Juan Turbe he he's a good player. And he's going to be playing for this Paraguay national team. Well, he he's, he's definitely got some talent. You can see it. Yeah. yeah. But. And then you have uh, Dario uh, Lescano, who plays for Ingolstadt in Germany. Um, Alfredo Morales' teammate. Another very exciting forward. This, this is a good team. You have Victor Ayala in the midfield, uh, who's sort of a stalwart. And, you know, this team, I, I, really, I really think a lot of people think, oh, this is the team that's obviously going to finish fourth in the group. I don't know if that's necessarily true. You know, this is clearly the toughest group in the tournament. And Paraguay are a good team. That's, you know, that's all I really got to say uh, in that sense. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, I, I agree with you. I, I think Colombia are going to win it. 
and United States are going to finish second. Now, even though you make a decent case with Paraguay. Well, I mean, then they, they have also uh, Celso Ortiz, another player you can't forget. A hundred appearances for Azad Alkmaar in his career. He's got experience. Don't sleep on this team. Don't look at Paraguay and say, this is the easiest match in this group. We should win this easily. This is not Bolivia. This is not Puerto Rico. This is a team as a, as a, with the same talent level as Costa Rica. But I want one match where you can say, okay, we're going to win There's this. no matches like that. This is like the World Cup. <laughs> this is worse than the World Cup. Actually, I don't know. No, it's, I don't know about that. I, oh yeah, I know. Maybe. You know, it's three teams that made it to the round of 16. Two teams that made it to the quarterfinals in the World Cup that we have in this group. And one yeah. team that made it to the round of 16. Wow. It's a tough group. Yeah. You know, you have the fourth ranked team in the world. You, you got Costa Rica. You got Colombia. I mean, these are great teams. So, you know, it's going to be a very, very interesting group. That's why I really do believe that you, the United States has to get a result against Colombia. In order for, yeah. uh, for us to get through. And Costa Rica will be a huge game. Watch out. We'll be at that game. Uh, yeah, if you, wanna, if you want to meet us, tweet at us, email us. Uh, we'd love to meet you guys. Uh, we'll be sitting with the outlaws. So, Yep. June 7th, 2016 in Soldier Field. Uh, it's probably going to be a huge game. I mean, all of these games are huge, right, for us yeah. to get out of the group. So, yeah. And the atmosphere is going to be great. We, we've been at Soldier Field before for yeah. a U.S. game. So and now are you getting – I know you were a little down on this tournament. You weren't feeling it, but are you feeling it now? Are you feeling it now? Two days away? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I, I think I am. And, I, and it's probably because of how well the U.S. – I was just not – I was just kind of down on the whole U.S. national team thing yeah. before these three friendlies. But, you know, Jurgen's done a good job, and I'm actually starting to like him, honestly. I, li- I like I mean, watching I, his Facebook chat. Yeah, <laughs> no, I do like him. I really do. And I want – we both want him to succeed because that means the U.S. is succeeding. You know, I mean, that's what we want. Yeah. We don't dislike him. We want him to succeed. So, and most Jurgen Klinsmann uh, detractors want the same thing. We want a good U.S. national team. Exactly. Moving on to Group B, we have Brazil, Ecuador, Haiti, and Peru. And, um, I mean, the biggest name on the page that stands out is Brazil, right? But they do not have Neymar, probably the best player on the national team. But they do still have... Um, a couple forwards in there. They have Coutinho. They have Hulk. Um, yeah. Uh, no, Robert Douglas from, Costa, right? No, Douglas oh, Costa no, no, withdrew. Kaká then also had to withdraw, so Gonzo is going to be there. Remember him from from the Brazilian league? Um, God, Orlando City. Why did you put pressure on him? <laughs> well, no Douglas Costa, but you have Roberto Firmino, who's a very talented right. player. Um, wait, Brazil are in Group C, aren't they? No, Groupie, you're right, you're right. Um, you know, so they they uh, they still have they still have a really, really talented roster. Um, defensively they they have a good roster. They have Felipe Luis back there, who's going to be good. Miranda, another good player. Um, still you know, no matter who they throw out there, they're still probably more talented than than their opponent. Uh, and you know, looking at the team, Ecuador I think can give them a run. For maybe first place, because I think they're both gonna. I think they're both gonna get two wins at least in this group against Haiti and Peru. It, it's really gonna come down to Brazil versus Ecuador, which is the first match actually uh, for both those yeah, teams in the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Wow. I just like looking at these stadiums. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm familiar with all of them. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. That's definitely gonna be one of the one of the biggest games. And do who do you think has a Peru right has a has a better better chance of qualifying than 
um, Haiti. Yeah, definitely. But I think neither team has has a has a really good chance of qualifying. Haiti has some, you know, decent talent. Jeff Louis for Canada and France, decent player, one goal in eight matches for them. But you know, it's not really playing enough. Um, Duncan's not zone. You know, he's a player who maybe can get it done in, uh, you know, in CONCACAF. Don't really see him doing that against the likes of Miranda. It's really going to come down to if they can defend and maybe hit on the counter. So. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know. And Brazil, I, I don't know. I, I, for some reason, I just don't believe in them. I'm just going Ecuador first. Brazil. I think that's valid. Ecuador are a good team. Yeah. This is a team that's on top of Commonwealth qualifying. Yeah. Um, and Brazil, Brazil's had one friendly where they beat Panama 2-0, but I wasn't that impressed with them, honestly. Yeah. Um, I, 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 just, I really want to say Ecuador wins first, and we'll talk later about why. But I think I think Brazil are going to go through. Yeah. Uh, I think Brazil are going to finish first in the group, and Ecuador are going to finish second. I don't think it's going to be very convincing, um, but I think it's going to happen. Uh, I see Ecuador going farther in this tournament, though, than Brazil. Right. And, uh, yeah, let's move on to Group C, where we've got Mexico, Uruguay, Jamaica, and Venezuela. Um, who do you see coming out on top here? Uh, I see Mexico finishing on top. Uruguay have not been convincing in the last two tournaments they've played, uh, in the Copa America and in the World Cup. Uh, Uruguay got, th- got through, but finished below Costa Rica. Um, and without Luis Suarez, I don't even see him getting out of this group. Um, I think Mexico go through uh, on top. You know, you have a player like Andres Guardado, who's the best player in, Conca- in CONCACAF right now, an exciting winger, winger like Jesus Corona, uh, Jesus Tecatito Corona. You have Chicharito, one of the... B- one of the best strikers in the world, in my opinion. They're a team who I feel like is, are going to win the group. You know, Uruguay has Cavani. Um, you know, they have some other players. Diego Godin, probably the best defender in this tournament. Yeah. But I think Jamaica, I think Jamaica has some sho- a shocking result against Uruguay and gets through as the second place team in this group. You have Wes Morgan, Giles Barnes up front. Uh, some exciting players, Darren Maddox. I, you know, I, 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 re- Wait, I feel you, it. You think Jamaica are going to get out? Yeah, I think they're going to finish Over second. Uruguay? This is my bold prediction. I mean, yeah, looking to the roster, I, I think defensively Uruguay is pretty solid. Um, you know, a, a player to watch on this on this team, Uruguay team, is Carlos Sanchez from Monterrey, one of the best players in, in Liga MX this year, and you know, for a team that finished second in the Clausura. Um, it, 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 he's a great he's a great midfield uh, outside midfielder, and I can see him making an impact in this tournament. But uh, you know you have Abel Hernandez who wasn't really convincing for up front for um, Hull City. If Luis Suarez is not there, you have Diego Rodan as uh, Tom Marshall said, and then you have two other championship strikers. Um, it's, it's not like Jamaica doesn't have players to that caliber. Championship it, soon to be Premier League. Fair enough, both of them, yeah. Um, you know, and in the midfield, they have some better players. They have uh, Gaston Ramirez, another... Okay, okay, okay. But I think you're sleeping on Edison Cavani. What is Cavani Who's, who's going to get in the service? Gaston Ramirez. No, I, I think Carlos Sanchez is the one. You know, I, I Vecino is a good player. You know, Arevalo Rios is probably going to play defensive midfield, the former, Colorado, or former Chicago fireman. He's probably going to play in that defensive midfield role. 
He's too old now. He's not the same player he was. You know, defense is where they have a good they, – they have a chance. Yeah. They have Jose Jimenez and Diego Godin, the um, Atletico Madrid partnership. They're going to shut teams down. Muslera, one of the better goalkeepers in the world. But the midfield is underwhelming. Nicolas Lodero from Boca Juniors, good player, injured. Um, you know, he rumored to be going to the Seattle Sounders this summer. He, he's, he's had a really good season. He's injured. He might not be fully fit. It really hinges on Luis Suarez being there. And I think Are you just I, there for the first match. Well, yeah, and I think Luis Suarez, if he's not there, they're definitely not. I really don't think they're gonna make it out of the group. If he is there, I feel like he, you know, there's always a chance he does something stupid and gets sent off. <laughs> and I'm joking, but I, I, I wow. I'm underwhelmed by this team by their performances in World Cup qualifying. I don't even know if they make it to the 2018 World Cup. I think it's possible that they miss out, and I think they will miss out. Well, that's where I just disagree with you. And why is that? Because, I mean, I, I, I think you're... Okay, th- this center-back pairing is has played so many matches throughout throughout La Liga and Atletico Madrid. Has, Jimenez has was dropped time. for Salvage in the Champions League final. Yeah, I know. And Godin was, was injured for several games at the end of the season. But towards that middle section and beginning section, we still saw this partnership do fine. And... I mean, and you know, both Pereiras are are proven um, fullbacks in Europe, and I think that I, I think that Edinson Cavani what, has never really not stepped up to the plate. He, he plays he, he plays with a lot of good players in the front lines. Okay, yeah, and and I think that when you play him, even at striker, and even if Luis Suarez isn't there, he can score goals and he can create and. He, he's he, he's shown it at every club he's been at. And um, don't sleep on Cavani, please. No, no, definitely. You know, and I think, obviously, I won't be surprised if they get through. They're, they're, you know what? They're going to qualify for the World Cup. I, I think they will. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just think there's a chance they don't. I, I, this is a weak This is a weak roster. I, I, I'll, I'll say that. And originally, I did predict Uruguay to win the group, but I'm not sure. You, you swayed me a little bit. I, I think they might just finish second. I think Mexico, they have home field advantage, too. Don't forget that. That's true. So, I think Mexico are going to finish top of the group, and Jamaica are going to finish second. Oh, that's yeah. What, oh, it's in Phoenix, too. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be heavy. That, that's my bold prediction. Yeah. We'll see if it works out. Right. You, know, you know what, though? I picked Costa Rica to get out of that group in the World Cup, and it did work out. I, finished them to, I picked them to win the group. <laughs> so, you know? Yeah. I, this is the one I'm hinging my uh, hinging my beliefs on. Group D features Argentina, Chile, Panama, and Bolivia. And when you look at this roster, I mean, sorry, this, this group, who do you think the best player in this group is? Because it's pretty debatable. Are you serious? No. Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm just thinking maybe Gonzalo Higuain or okay, Angel Di Maria. Okay, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Well, Argentina are going to win this group. Chile are not in great form. Um, you know, Alexis Sanchez not in amazing form. Argentina, I mean, Sergio Aguero, uh, Di Maria, Messi, Gonzalo Higuain. How do you even get those four on the field? Um, then you have a midfielders like Mascherano, Biglia, uh, a great defense back there. Um, and, you know, Romero, a goalkeeper who I'm not a big fan of. Um, <laughs> 
But yeah, they're easily going to get they're easily going to get through, and I think they're going to win the group. Chile, however, are going to finish second because you look at the other two teams, Panama and Bolivia. Bolivia sucks, cut and dry. Uh, they have Melian, who's a player I really like. Um, just not great. Their striker also is decent, but excuse me, he can't create on his own. Panama, you know, they have Godoy from San Jose, who I think might be a good player. They have Blas Perez. Uh, but, you know, aside from that, they don't have a whole lot going yeah. for them. I, I think this one is going to line up how I see it from 1, 2, 3, 4 right now. Yeah. Argentina, Chile, Panama, then Bolivia. I don't know what that is based on. It's not alphabetical. It's based on their pots. Oh, okay. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, I, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think that's how it's going to play out. Um, you know, uh, Argentina... Are a very, very exciting team. You know, Di Maria and Messi. Whoever plays up there is, is going to be, is going to be, uh, it's going to be an exciting team. And it's time for Messi to win a tournament, a major tournament he, at the international level. He hasn't done that yet. And I think, I think that's what's going to happen. Spoiler alert. That's my prediction. Argentina are going to win yeah. this tournament. But I don't think people are going to use that in the end with arguments comparing him to Maradona and yeah, I agree with you. I, mean, I agree with you. This is, a, this is a big competition, but not that big. I agree with you. Um, yeah, and then we, we both kind of made predictions for the knockout stages. So in the quarterfinals, the first matchup is the winner of Group A versus the runner-up of Group B, uh, which Nihal said was Colombia versus Ecuador. Yeah. And you picked Colombia to win that match? I picked Ecuador to win that oh, match. Oh, really? Yeah, I wasn't actually reading. Yeah, Ecuador are on top of... Uh, World Cup qualifying in Comnable. I think Ecuador are going to be able to catch them on the break um, and win this match. You know, they have some good players. I lo- I really do like Paredes at right back. He wasn't great against the U.S. Uh, they have Enter Valencia up top. They have also Antonio Valencia on the team, I believe. Um, well, I yeah, I don't know who has more confidence in Ecuador because I picked them to win the group but lose to Colombia. Uh, you predicted them to... Wait, see so Colombia finishing second in the group? No, I, no, I had Ecuador. I had Ecuador. Winning the group and beating us or Costa Rica? No. Yeah, wait, sorry. Wait, hold on, sorry. Let me, let me adjust this. If Ecuador wins the group, then you. Oh, no, because you have Brazil finish. Wait, what? Yeah, I, I, I had. Who do you have finishing second in Group B? Brazil. Oh, so if Ecuador so, so like Colombia beating Brazil. Oh, I see, I okay. see. Okay, yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, that's my fault. Yeah. Okay. I have Colombia beating Brazil. And, yeah, and then, yeah, I'll, I'll get to Ecuador and... Yeah. Well, okay, well, let's, let's just go through it. I have Colombia beating Ecuador. Um, Colombia being the winner of Group A. Ecuador being the runner-up in Group B. I have Argentina being the winner of Group B, beating Jamaica, the runner-up in Group C. I have Brazil and USA playing, the winner of Group B versus the runner-up of Group A. I have the USA winning... Shocking upset, um, and then I have Mexico, the winner of Group C, being Chile, the, group, the winning of Group, the winner of Group D. So my quarterfinals are Ecuador versus Argentina and the USA versus Mexico. Those are my predictions. Yeah. Um, so if we take a second and look at my predictions, then uh, yeah, in the first in the first game in Seattle, I have Colombia beating Brazil. Because I picked Brazil to finish second in Group B and Colombia to win, and uh, and then the second match, uh, 
I have Argentina versus Mexico. I didn't. I didn't predict Mexico to, to uh, win the group. I actually predicted Uruguay, but I, I'm. I don't know. I'm kind of indifferent about that right now. And uh, I predict Argentina to win that match, which puts Colombia and Argentina in the semifinals on that side. And then Ecuador and the U.S. on the other side, and Uruguay and Chile. And then I predicted U.S. to beat Ecuador, which would be a very hard uh, match, but I, I, I picked the U.S. and Chile to beat Uruguay. So then um, in my semifinals, I have uh, the U.S. beating Chile and actually advancing to the final, and Argentina beating Colombia, and then U.S. losing to Argentina in the final. Okay, well, interesting. I, so I have Ecuador and Argentina in the first semifinal, as I said. I have, I, I'm disappointed that you chose Mexico. I have Argentina winning. And in the other semifinal, I have Mexico versus the U.S. That's going to be in Chicago. We might have to make our way back if they're over there. Yeah, that's awful. Um, Why would you do that? Wait, June 26th. Are we going to be in France? Uh, no, we won't be. Yeah, possibly. No, we won't be. June 24th. Um... But uh, I have Mexico beating the U.S. I just, you know. That is so dumb. I, I know. Actually, it's going to go straight to penalties and we're going to lose. That's probably what's uh, going to happen. I don't know if we talked about that on the podcast, but the Copa America, uh, there is no extra time except in the final. Right. In, I mean, obviously in the group stage, there's never extra time. But in the knockout rounds, the quarterfinals and the semifinals, after 90 minutes, it just goes straight to um, penalty kicks. Yeah. And then in the final, I have Argentina versus Mexico. And like I said, Argentina winning the tournament. So we have two different brackets. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I'm not very confident about my Jamaica pick, but, you know, we'll see. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm confident about Uruguay winning, but yeah. uh, Uruguay um, beating out Mexico for first place in that group. True, true. All right, want to do group seat. awards, or to, uh, tournament awards? Yeah, sure. Why don't you go ahead and say your golden boot winner? My golden boot winner is Gonzalo Higuain, a man who scored 36 goals in Serie A this season, a man who is on fire. And I just don't see him stop scoring with that, with the distribution he's going to get, um, where he's in a group with, with uh, some of these other guys. You know, I, I, I feel like it's a t- it's what's, what's a Panama and Bolivia. I mean, it's a group that he can score a bunch of goals on. And I feel like Messi's going to be more of a distributor in this one. Really? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Our friend of the Total Soccer Show said that Iguain would be more the distributor. What is your combat win? Did you just call them our friends? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I hope so. Literally saying our friends. I hope so. Um, that's right. They did say that. I mean, I think he could be a distributor, but I, I don't agree with that. Um, I think Messi and Di Maria are going to be more of the distributors, and I think Iguain is going to be the one up front scoring his own goals. Yeah, um, his own I'm goals the, being the goals he's going to score, not own goals. I was going to pick Iguain too, but now I don't want to. Okay. Uh, but I feel like. I feel like Chicharito is a good shot. I mean, if I'm picking Argentina to make the the final, uh, yeah, but I'm 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 wait, where where am I saying that Mexico goes? So you can pick Iguain. It's a smart choice. Okay, fine. Okay. But I, I want to see James score some goals. Okay, I just want to. That's fair enough. I think I think Mex- I think uh, Chicharito is the other one um, who could be up there for me. Yeah, Chicharito is a great player. Yeah. All right, Golden Ball. Uh, yeah, Golden Ball. I'm going to say. <laughs> this is probably stupid, but I'm going to say. Michael Bradley. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and why is that? <laughs> I think if Clinton continues to play him at this role, he can have a defensive presence, an offensive presence. He can play the long balls. He can allow our the midfielders ahead of him to play in a more creative role. I don't know if that's something they take into account, but um, you know he can make the interceptions. He can he can he can do set pieces. He can head off set pieces. He can deliver the set pieces. What can he do? 
Is there anything this kid can't do? Well, I, I think well, my Golden Ball winner is Andres Guadado for pretty much the same reason. Um, I think he's going to score some long shots. I think he's going to lead this team to the final. Um, he's, he's going to be a distributor. He's going to control that midfield. He's going to be up and down. He's going to be a box-to-box midfielder. And he's just a class player. He's a fantastic <laughs> player. There was a podcast that we mentioned in the last episode. And I think you should join that podcast and leave this one. <laughs> <laughs> the Mexican soccer show? I think it would be perfect for you. I can appreciate this Mexican. I hope we beat them. I really dislike yeah. the team, objectively. No. Or subjectively, excuse me. But objectively, they're a great team. So, you know, what, kind of, what, what am I going to That's do? not the American attitude. I believe that we okay. will win. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, I believe that we will win, too, but... Rash- belief is not rational. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and your golden glove? Um, you know, I would have gone with Kaylor Navas if he wasn't injured and missing this tournament. Um, so I am going to go with whoever is starting in that for Mexico, whether it's Talavera or Memo Ochoa, because I think they're still going to have a lot to do. Um, but I think they're going to do well, uh, whoever it is. I think, you know, I don't... Romero, I guess, could win by this Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Well, Romero... I don't know. I, I, I just picture Romero for Argentina and I picture him saving a couple PKs for, against Netherlands in the semifinals right. in 2014. Right. Omar Bravo is another good keeper. He did a decent job in that tournament. Yeah. Omar Bravo is another good keeper. I think I could see okay. him. Okay, yeah. And also Muslera, who I think is the best goalkeeper in this tournament. Um, you know, I'm going to switch to Omar Bravo. I think I'm going to switch to Omar Bravo. Um, I think defensively, Chile are going to be really sound. Uh, and I think he's going to be making a lot of saves, especially in their match against Argentina. I think that's maybe where he wins his Golden Glove Award against Argentina. Okay, okay. And who do you think will be the most breakout performer? The biggest breakout performer. I didn't actually, we didn't plan this one. Um, I'm going to go with Christian Pulisic. I think he's going to have multiple goals and either and an assist or two. And I think he's going to really cement himself as one of the U.S. one of the U.S.'s best players going forward. Yeah, I'm going to go with a guy who a lot of people are going to doubt before this match, but he is just going to come through this tournament. This tournament, yeah. Who? Mark Geiger. (laughs) 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 I think he's going to do it. I mean, I know South America is full of divers. I mean, okay, but no offense, but. I think he's going to make the right calls, and he's going to step up to the plate, and he is going to deliver some solid matches. Okay. Real bl- breakout player. No, seriously. No, no, seriously. Okay. Um, why don't I... I'm going to go with my boy Antonio Sanabria. Let's do it. Okay, yeah. Paraguay. I think he's going to score uh, a couple goals. I, uh, yeah, I'm excited about him. He's a great player. You should be excited to have him back at uh, Roma. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, we might not actually keep him. I, I need to read into those transfer rumors, because Gijon really, really want him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's going to conclude the main part of our uh, episode. But before we leave, we got to talk about Ambitious Strike, the amazing soccer-themed clothing brand. If you want to check out their merchandise, go to ambitiousstrike.com. Yep, that's spelled A-M-B-I-T-I-O-U-S-S-T-R-Y-K.com. Go check them out. The link is in the description. Use the code BROTHERS at checkout for a 15% discount on your entire order. Also, make sure to check out our previous episode, episode number 46, where we had Tom Marshall on the show. Wonderful interview. Great guy to talk to. 
gave us some insight on the Mexican national team, apparently a team you think I should be supporting now. Um, but, uh, Send your application. Yeah, exactly. Of too late. Um, it, it was a great uh, great interview, so go check that yeah, out. It was, it was really good. Yeah. He had some nice insight on the team, and um, I, th- I think he uh, had some pretty good expectations for what the Mexican national team can do in this tournament. Exactly. Uh, yeah, you should, can check us out on SoundCloud, on iTunes, subscribe if you're on iTunes, like or follow us if you're on SoundCloud. Our Twitter and Instagram is at SoccerBrosPod, that's the handle, and we're also on Facebook. Yep, and um, if you have any, let us know what your predictions for this Copa America are, your Copa America winner, Golden Boot, Golden Glove, Golden Ball, let us know what they are, email us, email us um, at SoccerBrosPodcast at gmail.com, let us know what you think. Soccer Brothers, sorry, excuse me, but Soccer Brothers Podcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. You can also tweet at us, as Sahil said. Yes, and with that, we'd like to wrap it up. Um, thank you for listening, and see ya. We'll see you guys next time for episode 48 of the Soccer Brothers Podcast. <laughs>